0: by emailing us at info at com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com. We have
1: just gotten back from our trip in Honduras, and so as the team come forward and uh, gets to sit down with us, um, it was an extremely impactful trip. We spent the 18th through the 24th there, um, I'll tell you this. I said this in the last service. I still don't like American Airlines that much. Um, and so, uh, come on. Come on. Get some amens in here, right? And so, we need to let them hear it, right? And so, a lot of that stuff, they can't. I know. There, there's a lot of stuff going on, but we had major delays going down. It was fantastic on the way back. Um, but we ran into some obstacles on the way down with flight delays and just all kinds of things, but we eventually made it to uh, our destination and had an incredible time together as a team, Um, and so it was just extremely impactful. Just want to tell you, uh, as the associate pastor here, um, thank you very much as a church for, I think some of you have financially supported some of these people that went. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to travel and do what we do uh, we can't do that without the church that we have here in the church in Bushland and so just very thankful for each of you um, and the small part that each one of you probably played in a trip like this some of you have prayed uh, for us and so just want to tell you thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, as we got to as I got the privilege of just leading this team down there and so there was a couple of you too there was prayer journals given out to them they know this because of the first service now uh, but there was also prayer partners given to them Justin Schultz one of our set that up, which was a cool, impactful thing in the week that we did. And so if you were somebody's prayer partner, well, would, do you mind standing real quick if you had prayed some, prayed for somebody on this trip? And so there were several more in the, the other one. And so everybody got prayed for, such a great idea by Justin Schultz. And so it was an impactful thing. We had a scripture to read every day, prayer journal with that. And so just an impactful thing to do. And so um, we're going to just ask some questions. Um, I went off script quite a bit in the last one, um, and so probably do that here again. Uh, and so you you'll hear some of the same things the first service did. Maybe you'll hear some different things. Um, and so it's just it was just a great week, a fantastic week, just to be together as a team. Uh, if you can't tell, me and Paxton and Easton and Trey were seriously outnumbered. Um, and so Trey is sick. He's one of our good and one of my good friends. Uh, he's not here this morning. Easton's a little bit under the weather too. And so and then we have. Of Renee um, and Melissa also, they're back there working in childcare. And so there was a team of about 16 of us the Caden Gillenwaters is the one that put that video together. He did it till like two o'clock in the morning, only got three and a half minutes of it in. There will be a longer version of that that will come out that you guys in the interviews and things, he's got a cool setup of what he was thinking of doing. He just didn't have time to finish it. And so there will be something on social media posted uh, at a later date. And so just thankful for guys like Caden Gillenwaters that that capture moments like that for us. And so that's a real gift, amen, church, to be able to do those things um, and to be able to honor that gift. And so just want to tell him thank you because he's probably watching from Honduras today. And so we left him there. Uh, he's working for CRF all summer interning, and then he leaves for the Dominican, uh, I think, a month from now, um, and is working an in intern and missions there. And so we're thankful kids that grew up in our youth group here have a heart for Jesus and have a heart for overseas and want to go serve. Amen, church? Um, and so a cool thing. And so I'm going to start with my wife because she looks awful cute, like I said in the first service. Um, and so I'm going to start with her. Uh, really, the question I want to ask each of, them as we kind of start is just the reason they kind of decided to come on to the trip, um, why God stirred them to come on this trip. And so Jenna, do you mind starting that?
2: I went to Honduras in 2019 through CRF and saw what they were doing there in 2019, and my heart was all in on what they were doing. And so on the, the first trip that went in March, God said no. And so on this one, I was like, please, Lord, will you please say yes, so I can go.
3: And he did. And that's why I went. Um, at first I was not going, but Taryn just kept saying, Mom, I wanna go. I really wanna go and I was going, Okay. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, like, Do I really want my cute little blonde girl going by herself <laughs> in another country? And so I really started to pray about it and God said, Let's go and and we we went and it was great. For me, Trey decided
4: early on that he was gonna go. And so that kind of in my mind left no room for Me to go, I guess I had this block, like we couldn't both be out of the country like for the sake of our kids. Um, And then our life group started reading the book, The Last Arrow. And one morning I was reading this thing and it was all about not letting fear keep you grounded. And later that very night, Trey asked me if I wanted to go too. And before I could even like stop the words, I was like, no. And he said, why? I said, because I'm afraid. And then like immediately, God brought what I just read and underlined and starred in the book that morning. Um, And so from then on, like I knew God was telling me to go. So I wasn't
5: originally going to go. I was I was in Cavo and then I would have to have two days of traveling and figuring out what I had to get and all this stuff and then leave again. And I was like, no, this is too much. I don't want to do it. And then I get a call from Taryn and she's like, I'm going this trip. You have to come with me. It'd be awesome if you went with me. And I was like, okay, I'll think about it. So I thought about it, prayed about it a little bit. And I was like, okay, I think I'm gonna go. And so I called Kate, and I said, "Kate, I really wanna go to Honduras. He was like, sorry, it's all booked, but let me see what I can do. I was like, okay. So I prayed about it. I said, if God wants me to go, he's gonna find a way. And so he found a way, made room for me. And so I went and... I prayed about it more, because I, you know, I'm not just going to go, because my best friend wants to go with me, even though it was awesome, um, but I've been on mission trips, but I was a freshman in high school, I was eighth grade, and now I'm graduated, I'm in college, I'm more mature, and um, I just felt more prepared and more ready to go, so.
6: Okay, so in 2019, I went with Kate and Jenna as a freshman in high school to Honduras, um, It was one of the best experiences of my entire life. Uh, I remember leaving, though, uh, the first time and just praying and hoping that one day I'd get to go back. Um, Not knowing when that'd be or anything, just hoping that someday I'd get to go back. And a few months, probably in February, I would say, Cade texted me and he told me, he said, Callie, we're going to Honduras again. And just jokingly, I was like, oh, can I come with you? And he was like, do you want to? And it was an easy yes for me. Um, it was really just a God thing, uh, sending me back there, and I couldn't be more thankful. I love CRF. I love what they stand for and what they were doing for those kids. So it was really just came down to that.
7: So I was watching the uh, service that Cade mentioned it, um, in my dorm room, and as soon as he mentioned it, God just said, go. And so I texted in church. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I texted my mom, and I was like, please go to that meeting. I want to go. And I'm pretty sure I told Cade yes before I asked my parents if I could go for sure.
1: She did. It's all good.
7: (laughs) But God blessed me in ways that I never knew that I could be blessed. And so it was a great time.
8: Um, For me, when Cade and my mom asked me to go, um, I was pretty hesitant because fear of the unknown. I didn't know what to expect. I've never been on a mission trip. I've never even flown on an airplane before. Um, so i didn't know there was a lot of unknowns, and I didn't like that my My first answer would have been no um, and so my mom said yes before I did, and i was I kept on praying about it, and I just didn't feel a peace about it and i I just wasn't sure I didn't want to jump into something that I wasn't ready for um, spiritually or so then I kept on praying about it and I was like, okay, I'll go, and if I give you my honest answer, I didn't know what to expect, so I was like, okay, it'll be an adventure, it's an experience, like, might as well, we're going to a new country, Um, but my expectations were blown out of the water, and God exceeded everything that I could have imagined, so.
9: So, I have a huge heart for kids, so the reason I went was to go to another country, to see different faces, different languages, different forms of love through those children, and to be able to spread the Word of God through them, and to just love on them all week, and I was blessed beyond measure. Amen. Amen.
10: My first mission trip was in 95, I think, and uh, it was life-changing, but I think the thing that I learned was that we are all called to missions. Um, for some of us, it may be our neighbors, it may be our bosses, it may be uh, children in the next city, and for some of us, it may be another country, um, but we are all called to, to, spread, to spread the word of Jesus. I had not been on a mission trip in many years, um, but God began stirring my heart several years ago, and I began to pray for um, this church that we would, I'm going to cry. That we would find leaders who um, who had the same heart as I do, to do that, to spread Jesus all over the world, and um, and there they are, and it was um, it was beautiful. I, I I taught their daughters on Wednesday nights, and so I love their daughters, but I really got to know them. And uh, Kate and Jenna are amazing. Um, They're beautiful hearts. Uh, Man, so full of Jesus, so full of the Holy Spirit. It was, in um uh, that may have been the most impactful thing for me was to see you two and all the rest of you and, uh, and the hearts that you have for our Lord. It was beautiful, and I cannot wait to go back, um, and I hope that some of you uh, feel that same stirring and will join us next year.
11: Kate asked me to go once, and I was like, nah, I'm good, and then... Being Cade Honri as he is, he's like, Why? Why aren't you going? And I was like, I don't really know. I don't have a reason. Mm -hmm. So then I started asking the Lord, why? Why? Why am I not answering? I don't know. Then the second time he asked, I thought about this box that I've lived in for forty something years. And I'm like, I went out of the box. And so I just started crying and I was like, Okay, I get it. I'm gonna go. So uh The icing on the cake was that...
1: You came out the day before the deadline out of the box. I just want to point that out. So, it took a while to get you out of the box.
11: I busted out, nonetheless. Your your turn, I'm sorry. And I do want to be here. I'm redeeming myself. I like where I live, and I like this place. So, anyway, I kind of want to go back to Honduras, but I love it here. Anyways, so, icing on the cake was that Burke went, too. So, I got to see her fly for the first time, because we drive everywhere, and that's usually to Red River, New Mexico, but... Uh, We don't go anywhere much, so it it was just like, yeah, I knew I was supposed to go when the tears started pouring out of my eyes, and it was crazy. Love it. Want to go back.
12: Love that. Um, I went because when I was a very, well, I got saved in South Africa, then I went on a trip to Argentina, then I was a youth pastor and took uh, youth groups to uh, Mexico several times, and every time, so I had a real heart in the past um, for overseas, and every trip that I'd ever taken deeply impacted my life, and so I wanted my uh, son to experience that, and so that's why I went. He's 18. I plan on taking my other two girls each when they turn 18. It's something that uh, everybody should experience, because there's a big old world out there, and not everywhere is like it is here, and they need to see it and experience it.
1: Uh, as you pass it back down here, one of the things that's real important, as you guys consider, and as a church, um, the, I think everybody has this idea of, hey, let's go do missions. But I think what's really important about missions is the groundwork people that are doing it. You know what I mean? And so everybody can say, hey, I'm just going to get a plane ticket and I'm going to go do missions. But it's one thing to just say that. It's a whole other thing to connect to a ministry that has done so much groundwork for us to be able to come underneath that authority that they've established there in that country and to be able to come in and for them to have things set up for us to be able to walk underneath their covering and to be able to come into that spot like we did in Honduras through Christian Relief Fund, which is based out of Amarillo, which I love is because It's one thing to be global, but it's a whole other thing to also have something local connection in Amarillo, Texas, in our area here um, that are making global impact and to be connected with them um, in that range. And what's really cool about CRF is they've got so many different places that you can plug into. You can plug into those places individually, but we also, they lead great mission trips like this. And so they planned our flights and did things like that um, into this. And then when we get there... Um, you get to see the impact of having people on the ground there that have established relationships, that already have established, met with the community. Um, and the impact that it can have on a team of a bunch of gringos coming in, um, you know, and so uh, if none of that was established, it would be really hard for us to experience some of the things that we experience, and so this is why the gospel in the kingdom is so sweet, that we get to grab onto the cape, the kingdom cape, a cape of CRF, and just hold on to see what God has you know, for us during that week, and hold on to what they've already established. And Jesus just continues to move, those that are willing to grab the cape. Um, And it was just such a sweet picture of that. And so I wanted my wife to answer a question for you and just for you to see. um, Jenna, tell them just about, like, um, the leadership that's on the ground there um, and and the impact that they have and what's established there already and how that impacted us.
2: Well, I think the great thing about CRF is that, you know, the very first day that we were there, Bobby said, Bobby, who's the global director of missions, um, he said, you're not coming in to be these people's savior. You know, Jesus is the savior. You get to come in and partner with the people that live here in the community. Because if we go in with the mindset like, well, we're coming in with all our American money and our American ways that we think and how we do things, then what happens when we leave? You go to impact a community, but then you skip out and leave them, you know, not any different. And so I love that CRF has come in enabled the body of Christ there. I mean, we've got little people who are in there washing laundry, cooking dinners, driving us places, picking up supplies, like all of those things are things that, as coming in as a foreigner that we need them on the ground for. And what we get to go in and do with CRF is be an encouragement to those people, come alongside them, maybe when they don't have as many numbers to come in and do work like concrete or put on a VBS or just, Get to love on a teacher and encourage them, like that's something that we get to do. But we don't come in as the savior. You know, Jesus is the savior. He's the middleman. He's the point for us that we all come together and we're the same. And so, that's what I love about CRF is that they're not like, oh, all you people with all your resources come in and help all these low people. It's not like that at all. It's we are the same because of Jesus. We look different. We think different. We sure don't speak the same. But we're the same because of who Jesus is.
1: And I think one of the things, you can give it to Shanna. uh, One of the things that's really impactful, too, some of the projects and things we do throughout the week, you get all kinds of different experiences on this trip. Um, One of those is hard work. Can I get an amen? Um, uh, Every one of these people worked this week. Um, in ways that they probably hadn't worked. I guarantee you every one of them's body was so sore um, just from all the different things that you do um, uh, was, it still is. Um, and so there's a lot of things that we do. We do VBS within the schools. There's about six to eight schools that are established in Campamento. Um, some are right there within the city. some are right on the outside of the city and then some are in places that you'll never get to go um, other than through CRF to get to that school. There's a school, Um, that we did a VBS at. It's the mountain school. It's my favorite school as I've gone to Honduras and been a part of this. Um, A lot of these people will never come off of the mountain. Um, If they do, it's to come and get food and they come right back on. Um, And so I knew it'd be impactful on our team. And so there's a lot of things that you do at the mountain school that you don't do at any other school. Um, And so, Shannon, just give us um, a little bit of view uh, from the mountain school with the groceries, the kids, and everything that happened there.
3: Well, the school was amazing, and one of my favorite parts was we got to take food to these three families, and um, they had fifty-pound bags for each one of these homes. And we split up into three groups. Praise the Lord, because I was sitting there going, "Are we going to carry these fifty-pound bags? You know, just pass it person to person or whatever." But they said, "Hey, let's split it up in your group and put it in your backpack." So we were all weighted down with our backpacks, and we start hiking. Now, when I'm saying hiking, it's not just little. It's those mountains are straight up and straight down. And there's very little (laughs) level. And your calves are burning. You're you're praying
1: for level. Dude.
3: I mean, (laughs) and Trey would run, have a goal, see the tree and get there. You know, (laughs) me and Katie looked at each other. It was on the way back. I was going, whatever. You know, that could have been on the way there. But we hiked a mile and a half in and we stopped at three houses. And we were really glad to get to the first one because we were pooped, man. And that was just the first house. And so we were kind of wishing we were all in the first group because they got to unload their backpacks first. <laughs> and, and we got to go to each group, and we were walking through stuff, and there was donkey poop and cow poop, and you are just walk because it had rained. And we're trudging through this stuff and on the hills and the mountains. And, um, but it was such a blessing, and the kids are going with you, and then you realize dude, these kids went to school a mile and a half, did school, and now they're going back with us. And it's nothing to them. That's just what they do. That's, that's their every day. There's no cars that can get where we went. And it gave us a great appreciation for where we are because we'd have to get in a lot better shape than we are to do that every day. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think, too, as she talked about um, when you go on a trip like this, I mean, Miss Donna is leading the whole way. Um, and so they didn't just send a bunch of gringos into the forest, you know what I mean? In the mountains of Honduras. I want I, For those of you that are panicking right now, out there thinking I'm never going to Honduras, um, Donna, Miss Donna is like the Captain America, Mother Teresa, um, every superhero you can be, that's her. Like, And you can ask the whole team. When you walk away from Honduras, the number one person that you really think about outside of Jesus is Miss Donna. Um, This lady can run mountains. She's going to get letters at the top of these mountains, um, sponsorship letters, and doing all these things. Um, She's with us the whole time, would come back down to get us. Um, And so as we were going through the mountains and doing all those things, she has relationship, established relationship, knows the need. And what I thought was really impactful too um, is when we got to the top of the mountain, um, the ambulance was there. Um, it felt like, um, I was hoping Jesus was taking us back, um, at that point. But when we got to the top, um, what is so sweet and so cool is there's about a $10 million view. I mean, like unbelievable, beautiful. And then there's just a shack on top of this hill. And that lady has all her chairs, as much as she has, she has them all out. Um, smiles, just wants to love on us, wants to show us our house, and thankful that we brought her a month's worth of groceries. Um, on the way up, there was a lady that was seven months pregnant uh, that was staying with me, and I thought, man, I really got to do something with my life, you know? And so... Um, uh, don't be laughing, Paxton, Um, and so it was like, I mean, they they, they do it every day, they're in shape to do it, and the little kids walked all the way up, and walked all the way back down, make sure we made it, and then walked all the way back up, and so it's just a cool experience that I think each of the team got um, in that, that was extremely impactful, Um, and so Chelsea, give us a perspective of the VBSs, the teaching that you saw, Chelsea is a teacher, and just the impact that you think that those VBSs and just what the teachers do, um, give us your perspective on that.
4: Um, the VBS is so nothing like what we have here. It was like a five-minute lesson. I mean, there's, you know, uh, translators because, of course, they don't speak English. Um, but it was the sweetest thing I think I've ever seen. Um, just to see the kids, like, get something out of our little English lesson, and Paige learned the verse in Spanish, which was really cool um, to see, Um, and then the teaching side, it's a whole lot different, and I know on most levels, it would be so much harder to be there, but on some level, it was just so simple, like, they're learning to read, and learning math, and Um, it just felt like without all the millions of standards that we have here that we're, you know, required to teach and stress about, it just, on that level, just seems so much simpler. And the kids are joyful to be there. Um, They have nothing. They walk to school every day in mud and yuck, and we thought we were dying to walk this mountain. Um, And they're happy and you just, you know, you don't get that here.
1: And Kinley, as you take the mic next, just talk about Kenley liked smoothing the concrete. Um, and so it was pretty impactful. And then she also had just a couple of connections with the girls that she chose to sponsor. And just talk about the impact that that had on you doing the concrete and those girls, too. Okay,
5: so I'll start with the girls. Um, we're at the mountain school, and we show up. And, I mean, you're on a mountain. You have this view like you said and then you have the school and it's not like a school that we're used to that's a block down I mean it's smaller than this room right now and it has doesn't really have electricity it has concrete it has old desks um old whiteboards we're used to smart boards and we're used to all this stuff that I mean we don't really need but we have and we're thankful for it and we get there, and I see this little girl, and she has this backpack on, and her mom's seven months pregnant and walking down and up these mountains. And I see this little girl, and she's two years old, and she has this backpack on. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to beat Cade to her, and I got to hold her. And so
1: I— did get to hold her. No, so. he
5: did not. I did not let her go. And the cutest, chubbiest cheeks, and I get to hold her, and her— feet are just muddy. Her clothes have holes on them. Um, Her hair's messy from the crazy walk that they had, and she just was so smiley, and I got to pat her, and she fell asleep on me for like two hours, and she did not budge, Um, and I just got to love her and hold her, and I didn't do much. I just held her, and I just felt so much love between us, and the connection, and I didn't want to let her go. I told Kate, I was like, I want to take her to Amarillo, and I want to show her all these things, and and then we get to her house, and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's, it's nothing. Um, Taryn said it last time. It's like your closet. Your closet's better. Um, You show up to this house, and she just runs to it. She's so like, look, look at my house, and there's no concrete, there's no electricity, they don't have windows, it's dark in there, you need your flashlight, and there's chickens running everywhere, and there's trash everywhere, because you're up a mountain, there's no dump trucks coming, taking your trash, and she's just so happy, and there's two beds and a hammock that they sleep on, and it was just a whole new world, and I'm like, where does she sleep? She can't sleep in the hammock, and it was just crazy, and so, got to sponsor her, and I'm so excited to go back and see her, because part of CRF, I mean, you can go back, you know where they live, you know you can visit them, and you, it's not just a one and done thing, and so then we went to another school, and I, we were playing, hanging out with them, you got to see some in the video, and this little girl comes up to me, she's 10 years old, and she was from the U.S., lived in the U.S. for five years, came back, and her mom's sick and doesn't work, and it's her and her little brother, and she came up to me, and she said, I need a sponsor. I said, okay, I already have one, but I'll do another one. If I can't get my nails done one month, I'll be okay, and so, um, I came up to her and I said, okay, I'll sponsor you. And so she's like, let me see your family. Let me learn about you in perfect English. She's like, I'll be your translator. I was like, perfect, yes. And so I needed it. And I show her a picture of my mom and my dad. I'm the only child. And she's like, you don't have any siblings? I was like, no, I don't. And she said, so I'm your sister? I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And it was just so heartwarming. And then back to that one school, we did concrete there, and we're carrying, we start with sand. I just thought we were going straight into volcanoes, but you gotta carry the sand down with five gallon buckets, and these kids are running up and down, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling at passing it to the next person. And we did that for a long time, and then that was only part one. That's what Shanna kept telling me, this is only part one. <laughs> oh yay. And then we finally get to making the volcanoes. And Cade's so excited to do it with Donna. She, they made it look so easy. I was like, Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. Everyone's talking about how hard it is. It looks so easy. No, it was so hard. So hard. So I finally, I did like one or two and I sat down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need a 30 minute break. And then one of the workers there, he said, handing me the smoother part. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. And so I was like, I don't want to mess this up. This is, they need this. This helps them not have any bacteria and they can clean and they don't get diseases. I do not want to mess this up. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to let you mess it up. I was like, okay, perfect. And he would tell me, you need more concrete over here. It's not even over here. I was like, okay, my bad. (laughs) First time doing this. And you're bending down, your calves are burning, and, but all this burn is just worth it, because you're like, these kids need it, and so I'm just smoothing it out, and there's more concrete just being thrown at you, and it was so fast and furious, but it was amazing, because you actually were the hands and the feet, it wasn't just, and then it hit me, like, I can be doing this in Amarillo, I could I could be doing mission work here. You always think, oh, I have to go to Mexico. I have to go to Honduras. I have to go places, but you can do it here. And another part that hit me the most was when we were in that house with that little girl in the mountain when there was nothing there. And I started crying. I was like, Jenna, she lives in this. People can live in this. And she's like, it's crazy because some parts of our house, like our hearts look like this here. We, we have houses that are perfect, you know, Compared to these kids, but our hearts don't look like perfection, our hearts sometimes look like that shack, and so it really hit me
1: Kelly, give something that was impactful for you. you can keep it okay. so yeah what, what was probably the mis- most impactful for you on the trip?
6: um so we've all been talking about this mountain school and these kids who walk around three miles, I guess to their houses and back in a day, and here we are just sweating and sore and it was really bad but um i as i was walking on this mountain these kids were just beside me just like making sure i was okay and that i was good they had on like sandals here i am with like my nice brooks running shoes on they were not nice by the end of the day by the way but um they were just like looking at me like what is she going to do and it hit me like these kids do this every single day of their lives without a single complaint And my, I live right across the street from my school and I just, I don't know. It's really hard uh, to see that they do that with a smile on their face and they just have so much joy in their lives. They don't have much, but they hold on to their joy and their spirit. And it's just so cool to see you have to be there in person to even understand really.
1: Taryn, Taryn had a really good connection with a girl named Yasmin and get that experience of getting to take her to the top of the hill and explain a little bit of that.
7: Yeah, so this little girl, um, I learned that she lost her mom before the spring break trip happened. And um, she was sitting in Kinley's lap. I just felt something different about her. I didn't know. Cade got emotional. Their hearts connected. He was like, that little girl break your heart. She didn't smile very much. I mean, she lost her mom. Her dad worked all day. Her sister took her home to take care of her. And um, I tried not getting emotional, but it's hard whenever you know. She doesn't have a mom, and she just wants to be loved. And so a little bit later, I grabbed her, and I had a hairbrush in my bag. And I was like, I wonder, like, I didn't know. You don't know what they have. They don't have a lot. And so I just can, I started to brush her hair, and she loved it. She finally gave me a little grin. Um, but as the day went on, she just continued to hold on to me. And, um, we played, she laughed. I had never, no one had really got to hear her laugh. But a little bit later, I walk up to, um, they were painting a classroom up the hill. And so I walked up to Cade and I was like, I don't think I can let this one go. And he was like, well, she lives right up there at Tiny Shack. Like Kinley said, my closet is nicer. Like there's carpet, electricity, everything, air conditioning, their house. It has dirt, no windows. It's dark. And so, I got to walk her up the hill. I was holding her hand, and my mom was following behind. And, um, you know, my heart is just breaking for this little girl. But I needed to be strong for her, and I needed to be strong for everyone else around me. I didn't want to let it show that I was emotional. And I was like, God, I can do this, you know. um, There was a pretty big language barrier. I had no Spanish. Like, I don't know anything. But she knows Jesus, and I know Jesus, so we got to connect with our hearts that way. And so as we were walking up the hill, um, I was like, I'm not going to let a rock. I'm going to carry her. She does this every day. It wasn't very long, but I wanted a little bit longer with her. So as we're walking up the hill, I can just hear God, um, for I know the plans I have for you. For I know the plans I have for you. you The hope in a future, hope in a future. And so I get up there to her house. I set her down. She hugs me so tight. And... I wanted to cry, but it's like it wouldn't come, and I didn't know why, but a little bit later, God said, I've got her. I've got her. You don't need to worry. I have her safe with me, and so me and my mom got to pray in front of their house, um, and she's safe. God's got her, so.
1: Amen. Berkeley, what about you? What was impactful for you within the trip?
7: Um, I think for me personally, um,
8: probably going to the houses and just getting to see what those people live with and how content their hearts really are. Um, and like Pac said on the interview, like they were so rich in areas that I feel like we are not, that we lack in. Um, their hearts were so rich in joy and their mind was completely off of anything materialistic. They can live with very, very little and still carry an abundance of joy with them every single day. They're all the people there were the happiest people I've seen in a long time. Um, And so I think that was probably what was the most meaningful to me was just getting to see that and kind of almost feeling convicted for what I take for granted and the selfish thoughts and desires that I have um, in my life. So definitely
9: that was the most meaningful.
1: Emily, go ahead. What was impactful for you?
9: So, in one word, to describe Honduras, I would describe it as sweet. You look around the streets of Honduras, and all the people are smiling. Hola, hello. They're just so happy to see you. They are inviting. They welcome you into their homes like nobody's business. They will stand at their front doors and say, please come in, please look at my home. But you get to America, and we tell them to stop at the driveway. We don't invite them into our homes. We don't have that spirit of, please, like... I'm happy you're here, please come in. But the most impactful part besides that was a man named Carlos. Um, we got to go to and see his house. He lives by himself and he has not seen his family in six years because they are in the US and he is in Honduras and he can, he's stuck in Honduras because he cannot get his visa to come to the US. He will be stuck in Honduras for another six years. He will not see his family for 12 years, and he is probably the most grateful man that I have ever met. He has a roof over his head that he built himself. Everything that he has, he made. He has a shop. He has a tree house. He has a house. I mean, he has it all, and he is just content with his life. He is happy. He is grateful, and he has not seen his family in 12 years. I can't even think... I can't even fathom not seeing my family in a year. I went a week and I was struggling and he will not see them for 12. And so just to see him and to see how happy he is and content with his life, it was encouraging to me because he's grateful for everything that he has, even though our lifestyles are so different. We go back in the Starbucks line and complain when we don't have foam on our coffee, but yet he is living a life where he doesn't see his family. He's living a life where he is alone in Honduras. He has a couple family members, but his wife and his daughters are here. And he is grateful and he is happy and he is praising the same Lord that we do. So it was just really encouraging and that was the most impactful part for me. Mm
1: -hmm. Paige, what about for you? You're already crying about Emily's story, so yeah.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Mission trips are always impactful. Um, This one was different for me because everyone I've gone on before... Um, I was the leader and I took children. And so I was always um, caring for everybody else, making sure that everybody got what they needed, doing, making sure they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Um, Honduras was amazing. It was beautiful. The people are beautiful. Um, I told Bobby that uh, if he would just send my grandchildren down, I would stay. Um, but the most impactful thing for me on this trip was this group of people. <laughs> The love of Jesus runs strong in this group. I was cared for, loved on, encouraged. Um, I was I was a little uh, worried at first when I walked into the first meeting and everybody there was, you know, twenty to forty years younger than me, and I wondered if I could, um, <laughs> if I could keep up. I wondered if I would be able to do it, and um, everybody here was. So precious. <laughs> this is Jesus, y'all, <laughs> right there. That's that's Jesus. That's what Jesus does: taking care of others, loving on others. Whether it's um, children in Honduras or old ladies who think they can keep up with twenty-year-olds, um, that's 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 the hands and the feet. And my life is forever changed because of you. And I am so so grateful. That, um, that God allowed me to do this and to share this time with you people. Thank you so much.
1: Katie, you can try to pass it to Paxton if you want to, but y'all finish up on that question. <laughs>
11: uh, um, I think the most impactful thing for me, first of all, just the universal language of love, just the love of Jesus that is not just in the United States, but I got to see it in... Uh, just in the 150 little kids faces you know when I can act like a fool and have fun with them just like I can the kids here and for just a few minutes but it just the love like God is everywhere and I needed to see that like I needed to see those little kids faces you know look back at mine and say Jesus and I'm like Jesus you know and they just light up and you know the the next thing would be just the homes, the three homes that we got to go to on the mountain um, one at a time. But it was uh, my life will never be the same. I'm forever changed. So it's uh, crazy that, you know, using my phone flashlight to go through their homes that don't have light and dirt floors and to see that, like the backpacks. I saw this the first home I think it was we went to um, using my flashlight and. To see that they just hang their cups that they drink out of just from a little hook, like somehow suspended from the ceiling. It's that easy. And just to think that we are so spoiled and we have it so good. But uh, using my flashlight, I could see the backpacks that the church, you know, sent over, that you guys filled and sent those backpacks over. And it's just, it's crazy. And they have artwork that their kids had made just on the walls. And that's what we do. And, you know, we aren't their savior. We're just there to show them the love of Jesus, just like I'm here to do here in the United States. But it's just when you see that you're that far away and they have their children's artwork hanging on their walls, just like we do. Just the love of Jesus was so real and tangible that I will never be the same, so.
12: First of all, There's like 400 million dogs that don't have an owner that bark all night. Then there's roosters that don't know to start crowing until after the sun comes up. They start at like 110, and they're crowing. If I'd have just had some sort of firearm that was suppressed, I could be a millionaire over there because that stuff needs kilt. I got sick, started running fever like day three, climbed the mountain with fever, Advil will get you bout through anything, and Jesus, and so that wasn't quite as fun, but Cade is a stud, and I'm not making light of that, he is full of Jesus, and if you ever want to go somewhere like that, I have 100% confidence Uh, in his leadership abilities, and he's the guy to go with, period. His wife just graduated nursing school, and I'm not kidding you, I was laying in this bed sick with fever, shaking, roasters were crowing, and she showed up, and I didn't know, it was like an angel, and she had an antibiotic, and that really really helped me out, man. She ministered to me, and I appreciated that. Um, For me... It was a reset. I needed a fresh dose of humility. I needed a fresh dose of perspective. I, You, you know, you, you hear the, the phrase, you can't see the, the, the trees for the forest, or whatever that phrase is. Um, it's like that. You know, you get to where you're just here. And you see here, and you see life here, and you think that that's all there is. And you're getting frustrated with people uh, who are dumb drivers and stuff like that. And you're living this life in this here, what it's like here. But it's not like that other places. And it, it's good to come back to center and to have a fresh love for people and to see these children. You know, you've heard the story, my grandpa says he walked, Uphill both way to schools. Well, that's a lie here, but it's true there. I promise you. And it's just good to come back to center. And the love of God is just the thing there, man. People are full of the love of Jesus, even though it looks so different than here. And so I encourage you, the next mission trip... Coming around, if you feel the Lord tugging at your heart, I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it, and there is something there that we need, just like we're bringing stuff that they need. I know I said that on that video already, but it it does something inside of you um, that I'm not positive I can get here.
2: And I just want to say too, if you feel like you can't go, it's not a possibility. That does not mean you cannot be a part. CRF does a great job with their sponsorship. It's $35 a month to sponsor a kid. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this on a Sunday morning or not, but I am. So um, that's a great way to be connected. The locals there, especially Donna, know specifically where kids live, what kids are in need, which ones need the help. And so they are more than willing to get you plugged in with a kid to sponsor. You get a letter through that sponsorship they get an education some of them will get to learn English they get medical care food for their families clean water just for $35 a month like which is so insane so if you cannot go or don't want to go or just feel led in a different direction sponsorship is a great option
1: What well, is the uh, praise the Lord amen um as we as they make their way off stage you can go ahead and clap man it's a it was an awesome experience You know, one of those things, um, you know, Paxton asked me in the middle of the trip, he said, do you feel called to be like a missions guy, pastor? And um, I looked at him and I said, no, sir. I said, I'm called to be in Bushland, Texas, as a pastor of this church with Jeff Ponder. Um, That's what I'm called to do. I know without a doubt, even when I go across the way, but one of the things that I get to do and that I enjoy, um, man, the center of my heart, if you opened up, my heart, it would be evangelism. It, I would bleed it um, because I just love getting to see people be impacted by the love of Christ, no matter if it's here in the United States, no matter if it's across the sea. Um, everybody's called to be a missionary. Everybody's called to it. And so as we, the worship team comes today, I, I wanted to tell you one of the most impactful things that happened on the trip for me um, uh, is happening in Roatan. And I don't know why we scheduled just sh- really, honestly, I scheduled this trip a day shorter than the last trip. I was a little bit sad about it because I wouldn't get to be in Campamento as long. But I felt like that's what we were supposed to do because I didn't want to leave Jeff and the rest of the team two Sundays in a row without all of our staff. Um, and so felt like I was supposed to do that. I kind of struggled with that, flying down, thinking about it because I know how special Campamento is. We were only gonna be there probably two and a half days. Um, and we're usually there a full three. Uh, as I'm going through that, we land in Roatan and the, and the, the team's coming together in Roatan. We're getting to paint a school and we go to this ice cream shop. Um, in the middle of the day, stop by and there's this girl that's working there. Um, And I just felt an instant connection to pursue her. Um, Evangelism. And I just started high-fiving her. I just asked her about her life a little bit. Sense of touch, I want to tell you, is a powerful thing. Man, it's a powerful thing. And so I, I just started pursuing her in the appropriate way that you do that, as far as a man, um, where God was calling me to do that in didn 't do anything that was out of um, out of step or anything like that, but just wanted to make sure um, that when our team walked back in that night, I wanted her to remember us um, and so just started really doing that. Uh, we came back in that night, um, she specifically asked if I was with the group or whatever and um, I felt like I had been praying, Lord, what do you want me to ask this girl? What's something I could do for this girl that would bless her? She was a hard worker. She works a 10 to 10 shift six days a week, serving ice cream and row a 10. And so I was like, Lord, what do you wanna do? What, what can I do to impact somebody like her? What can I say that will have any kind of significance? And the Lord gave me this question to ask her. And so we came in that night and she was busy at first as our team came in. Gelato ice cream, oh, man, I'm pretty sure that's going to be in heaven. Uh, Specifically the one in Roatan, coconut is what I prefer, Jesus, when I get there. Um, And so it was really good. But as we came, I was sitting out there, and I couldn't wait any longer. And the the line cleared, and she was in there. And we came in, and I just brought our whole team in. And I said, Jaylee, I said, I want to ask you a question I feel like God wants me to ask you. And I I asked her this question. I I said, what is your dream? Outside of serving ice cream, what's your dream? You know what that girl in Honduras said? She said, I just want to go back to church. She started weeping in the ice cream shop. And she said, I'm scared at night. I don't have peace. She said, I don't know where I'm going. I mean, she was going in all this stuff. And here we are in the middle of ice cream, and uh, God just opens this gate of heaven. All of a sudden, right here in the ice cream shop. And you should have seen our team. I had our team just speak words of life, encouragement. People were sharing scripture with her. And she's just weeping behind the counter. And we're just speaking life into her. And I just asked her at the end of the conversation, I just said, do you know who Jesus is? And I said, if you don't, do you want to know him? And she said, yes, I want to know him. And I said, well, this is how you do this. And I said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. It's not through church. It's not through any of those things. And I said, you're going to have the best piece of your life when you lay your head on the pillow tonight. And I was like, when you confess him as Lord right here, you're going to sleep better than you've ever slept before because eternity is going to be secure for you. And, man, we just quoted Romans, and I said, hey, this is all you got to do. This is as simple as this. You need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I said, do you want to do that, Jaylee? She said, yes, I do. And I said, well, say it. And she's right there in the middle of that ice cream shop. She said, Jesus is Lord. And I said, just ask him to come in you. And she said, Jesus, will you come on the inside of me? And boom, transformation happens right in the middle of that ice cream shop. There's people waiting in line. People are walking in. There's a guy in the back that's agnostic that you know, is it, it, a couple came in from the outside to watch it all. All this stuff is taking place. The guy, agnostic guy was asking Caden, hey, what is all this? And, and Caden's like, it's the Holy Spirit, man. I'm glad you're here, you know? And so really cool. <laughs> if, if you know Caden Gillowaters that's funny right there. So um, um, it just he's just a natural encourager. And so it just was this impactful moment where we were supposed to be there on that night at that time. And if that trip wasn't a day shorter, we'd have never been there. And it was boom, God knew what he was doing right there. She got saved and it was an incredible thing. Got to give her a follow Jesus book. Um, And man, she was so excited afterwards. She was like, I just feel like a new creation. And I'm like, let me tell you about a scripture that says that. And so it was just a cool, impactful thing that happened. First time I've really gotten to lead somebody to the Lord overseas like that. And so it was just an impactful thing. Thank you as a church for being with us and going with us in this. It's an incredible thing to be able to do missions. I know we ran a little bit long today, um, but wanted everybody to be able to share their hearts. And so thank you as a church uh, for supporting what we're doing here in the church at Bushland. We'll see what 2023 holds if God continues to open the door for us to be involved and in what uh, what's happening in Honduras. I know some of you are excited probably after this. We'll see what all of that holds, but I know it's in Jeff's heart. I know it's in our church's heart as a whole to continue to pour into things in a global way like that. And so if you are here today We're going to have some ministry teams here. It's just been a while. Maybe just our testimonies and things we shared maybe stirred your heart again. One of the most impactful things there is every family, every house that we visited, man, several that I visited, man, they were just centered as a family around the dinner table. uh, They don't have TV. They don't have any of those things. They were centered. Maybe it's been a while since you've been centered, like what Paxton said. God's brought it back to where it needs to be. And if you haven't been brought back to where you're centered, been a while since your family ate together. It's been a while since you've been affectionate towards the Lord. It's been a while since you've been affectionate maybe towards your children spiritually in the way that you need to be. I want you to know God's here today, right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for a moment like that. If God's speaking something to you and you need your affection for him stirred again, he will stir it. Amen, church. And so as our ministry teams come, I'm going to give it back to Paxton and we're just going to go into worship and then we'll be dismissed um, after Pastor Jeff comes.